Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 199. Was pretty stiff, and Shadow couldn't get it out of a sitting position. He fiddled with the gurney and found out that he could prop up one end. He wrapped John Doe sitting to the gurney and put him in the back of the hearse facing forward. Might as well give him a good ride. He closed the rear curtains, then he drove back to the funeral home. The hearse was stopped at a traffic light, the same lights he'd fishtailed at several nights earlier, when Shadow heard a voice croak. And it's a fine wake I'll be wanting, with the best of everything, and beautiful women shedding tears and their clothes in their distress, and brave men lamenting and telling fine tales of me in my great days. You're dead, Mad Sweeney, said Shadow. You take what you're given when you're dead. Aye, that I shall, sighed the dead man sitting in the back of the hearse. The junky whine had vanished from his voice now, replaced with a resigned flatness, as if the words were being broadcast from a long, long way away, dead words being sent out on a dead frequency. The light turned green, and Shadow put his foot gently down on the gas. But give me a wake tonight nonetheless, said Mad Sweeney. Set me a place at table, and give me a stinking drunk wake tonight. You killed me, Shadow. You owe me that much. I never killed you, Mad Sweeney, said Shadow. It's twenty dollars, he thought, for a ticket out of here. It was the drink and the cold killed you, not me. There was no reply, and there was silence in the car for the rest of the journey. After he parked at the back, Shadow wheeled the gurney out of the hearse and into the mortuary. He manhandled Matsweeney on to the embalming table as if he were hauling a side of beef. He covered the John Doe with a sheet and left him there, with the paperwork beside him. As he went up the back stairs, he thought he heard a voice, quiet and muted, like a radio playing in a distant room, which said, And what would drink or cold be doing killing me, a leprechaun of the blood? No, it was you losing the little golden sun killed me, Shadow, killed me dead as sure as water's wet, and days are long, and a friend will always disappoint you in the end. Shadow wanted to point out to Mad Sweeney that that was the kind of... And that's the end of the page. Sweeney's body has already begun to go through rigor mortis, It can start to set in as soon as four hours after death, but if a body's in the cold as Sweeney's has been, it can slow down the process, even though the body's already in the seated position. And so the entire process lasts much longer than one would at room temperature. Sweeney begins to speak to Shadow from the back of the hearse, and I think it's telling that Shadow's reaction isn't one of shock or horror. It's a response that seems more resigned to the supernatural that's been happening more and more in his life since he was released from prison. After all, Laura has come back and spoken with Shadow. That's probably the most shocking thing imaginable, and Shadow's already passed that, dealt with it, and, well, I guess in some ways he's dealt with it. Sweeney seems to have acquired the same flatness of voice that Laura had when she first returned from the grave as well. Though Laura certainly seemed to be more expressive when she saved Shadow from the spook show, while also noting that her filter was significantly lowered even then. The wake is a vigil that occurs after death, but before the funeral. The idea of an Irish wake, or more broadly a Celtic wake, originated as a prayer vigil held on the feast day of a particular saint, though it's become more and more associated with common folk more than the saints in more recent times. There's an article from The Guardian in 2017 entitled Why the Irish Get Death Right by Kevin Toulis that even talks about how death is hidden in most parts of the Anglo-Saxon world, which Shadow was just thinking a couple of pages ago. The article also describes what Sweeney is looking for, well, at least in a way. The body is washed and prepared for the coffin, and then is laid out in the sitting room as people come to pay their respects, pray, eat, and celebrate the dead. Though life continues on, and there's gossip, financial discussions, and other similar things, per Tulis. Sweeney 
wants a warrior's send-off, a lamentation of women, tales of how great he is in his former life as a warrior, a large production that is more in line with his Irish iteration than his American one. Shadow tells him a painful truth, though. When you're dead, you don't get to make any more demands. Sweeney then accuses Shadow of killing him and claims that Shadow at least owes him a place at a table and a drunken celebration. And Sweeney points out further down the page, he isn't dead because of the cold and the drink. He's dead because Shadow gave away the coin. I think it's an interesting accusation to consider. I don't know that we have enough details to go on at this point to make any determination yet, but Sweeney believes it's true. And I would also say that these are gods in their own way, whether or not they're gods in their current form. Sweeney is more of a, I don't even know what we would call him. He's a mythical figure, certainly, uh, but not really someone that I would associate as a god, at least not with his American iteration. Still, Belief is a powerful thing in this novel, and if Sweeney believes it, then it could very well be true, even if it's not true for Shadow. But I guess we can see where the rest of the chapter goes before we make any major conclusions towards this. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.